What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flop. I was having a conversation with my father the other day, and sometimes when he's in a positive, optimistic mode, where he's looking for solutions on how to get better, or at least that's how I feel at times when he sincerely asks me questions on what he can do. He asked me on how he can gain weight again and get stronger. And most of these conversations go into basic things just like eating more and walking more, which at the moment is enough of a topic to make a difference for him. But ultimately, it comes down to what I wanted to talk about today and what I said to him. I said, Dad, every day, just eat one more bite. Just walk one more step. And I couldn't get more actionable than that to make it easy for him to execute and forget about theory. Obviously, the challenge becomes actually doing these things on the days it isn't as easy and the mood isn't as optimistic And I'll touch on that emotional aspect a bit on this episode, too. An analogy that I learned in a personality training that stuck with me through all the years was that at 212 degrees, you can make water boil. You have boiling water. At one degree less, at 211 degrees, you have a perfect cup of tea that just finished brewing. And we know if we just made a small change, a one percentage advantage given to us by our own efforts on a daily basis, it would compound so fast that we would soon be unrecognizable. And we tend to get overwhelmed with big changes. So this approach should give us emotional certainty and comfort that attaining this defined success is Certain as long as we manage the 1% in front of us today. You know that whole saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Manageable chunks to consume the beast. And that sounds like a cute thing to say when the change you're trying to create is optional. As a way to self-improve and deliver on nice-to-have things for your life. But this becomes a crucial tactic when it actually is the thing to apply in delivering a need to have, like rehabbing yourself back to health, or like changing your life drastically, or else. And like this, I'm being called to do things that are bigger than the momentums I've already created and currently exist so far in my life. And it got me to think about how I do things to create change, and how I play out my own version of this 1% advantage in my life that I'd like to share. When trying to make changes or affect momentum, the way I do things and what has worked for me from what I've learned is that I need to start small. I've learned this about myself. I try to anchor one thing, and then when that one thing is smooth, I add one more variation of difficulty on top of it. 
Doing too much too fast has always been a recipe for disaster for me. Doing too much too fast is also not a realistic thing and feels foreign to you while doing it because it's too many things at once. Almost like, okay, I'll hold my breath for this long and be able to do all these new things at once. But you feel too far, too fast away from what you knew of yourself, your home base, that your mind and your body are too smart to be fooled away from that easily. So it starts being rejected, these new things that you're trying to do, like an organ in a new foreign body. Your intense, new, too many things at the same time get thrown back as everything in your body tries to return to homeostasis, to equilibrium, to what it knows home to be. So I've learned myself that if I want to change momentum of something that has been going in a specific direction for too long, that it is unrealistic for me to expect to halt and change that direction overnight. Not, at least not without applying just as much force in the opposite direction, which is bound to cause damage or usually happens from damage or trauma or some inflection point or some drastic moment in life where it just forces us to change momentum. But when we're in charge of it, which is most of the time, especially if we become aware that we actually contribute to the current momentum we're in, then we can start to pull the levers to change direction slowly. Much better it is to just coerce and angle it and slowly in that direction than to try to do it forcefully. So for me, I try to change one little thing that gets me to move in that direction. Or I add one new habit or action, even a small action, that I expect to be built into my day from now on. And even if it's just an action to consider something or keep something in mind, that in itself is something that I try to now build into my day, just that small little action. And then as that becomes a part of me and I, and I start to expect myself to do it and it becomes second nature, usually there's no way to speed this up, but in a week or two or maybe three, this little thing feels like, how could I have ever lived without it? And then that's when it's time to add and introduce the next obvious thing that builds upon the one thing that I just started and practiced for the past three weeks. And now I let this new extra thing, again, that complements this first thing, I let this new thing now be something that I do or think about or consider. I let it now occupy the space it's meant to for me and my self-image to become congruent with it and that what I think of it in relation to myself. And again, if I play that out long enough during the course of a few weeks, it's integrated as a part of me almost as if I can't imagine life without it. And that is how momentum is created, shifted, altered, but never halted. Again, if you want to halt, then put on a helmet and be willing to go through some initial pain but it's faster, 
And it's doable as long as the cost benefit analysis adds up, as long as you don't totally hurt yourself. I say all this about my own understanding of myself to have gotten myself to do things over time to say that too many of us expect too much from ourselves within a three-week span. The problem is that we live too much by feeling and have yet to learn to be attuned to whether you are in the right state or mode to trust what those feelings are telling you or not. And I'll talk about this on another podcast. It's something that I think about all the time. And it's not an attack on living by feeling. I think mastery is reliance on intuition because intuition is a faster and more useful guide than any cognition. However, we have to earn the right to live from that place. And because often the problem with what we feel that we are increasingly nowadays in our society being told to trust, to trust the way you feel and live by feeling, to live by our feelings, is that we first have to have a set base, a foundation of awareness of our state of being, or at least a practice that allows us to restore us from any noise that we invite or that just comes into our life from other people And just being human, the noise that we invite from our human selves that disconnect us from source. And again, to to make this point on a different episode, unless I tire it out right here and I don't feel like it again. But what I see is that the ratio of people who are being told to live by feeling to the percentage of people who have adequate competence to trust those feelings And the skewed states from which those feelings may arise is a ratio that is on the scary and more detrimental end. And which brings me back to my original idea that too many of us are expecting ourselves to do too much in a three-week span. And that is because we want our feelings fed with the satisfaction of our efforts in a much shorter time span than is possible to deliver those results. And then the reliance on those feelings to continue those activities that would actually bring those results in the long term, now those feelings that you rely on is absent and unreliable on longer stretches of time when the results are delayed and the feelings are not satisfied immediately and played out in real life, we wake up one day or after a particular moment, we get this surge of energy to make a change, to do something, to contribute to changing something in our life. And in that heightened emotion and feeling, we bring a natural force that does do a good job in beginning a different momentum. So it is useful. But the problem becomes that being creatures of feeling, and as soon as we realize that we're up against momentum that already has been created prior to this new zealous attempt to change it, that we aren't going to necessarily be able to impose a new momentum that we wish that we just came up with, from this heightened emotion and this good feeling 
that we're not just going to be able to impose that and change the momentum that already exists and that the process and the course to shift that momentum from what already was there and that this new one that you're trying to make is going to be a longer process than we initially thought in this heightened state. And that deals a blow, the first blow to our emotions and it blunts that heightened state and excitement and it brings it down a little bit. And again, being creatures of feeling who depend on how you feel for actions to be taken, from that blunted state, you stop contributing to the new momentum that you were creating because you are no longer as excited because you see that your efforts don't return as immediate of results and that there may be diminishing returns in the efforts over time. And slowly, you take your foot off the gas and take your foot off the gas and before you know it, you're right back spinning in the momentum you've been most familiar with your entire life. And you've, you've attempted to go at this hard, mobilized by your feeling, not rationalized by your nature, not understanding yourself, and it led right back to where you started. And that's because you went at it with too much force and not enough coercing each little step, each percentage and habit that goes into fully integrated new momentum. That is how you draw a new you, a new image. And here's the thing. Like I said, there is a way to hack this if you want to add a bunch of force Stick a monkey wrench in your entire operation and bring it to a halt and probably break some things in the process. But you can shift momentum faster. It just requires all that destruction just requires a big enough reason for you to do it. And speaking of that, to be honest, this entire thing does not just the halting if you decide to crash the thing, but even the 1% on a daily basis when the days are hard and that 1% is hard to give. This entire thing requires a big enough reason for you to do it. Because why create a new momentum anyway? You've heard the old saying, don't fix it unless it's broken, right? But what about giving up the good? For the great. We've talked about this before, and we don't ever get to reach a place in our life where the momentum that we are in is the one that satisfies us enough to sustain it for long periods of time. We don't get to just rest to what we have found ourselves in. If you are in long cycles that look the same over the course of one to three years, you are missing out on almost 10 to 30% of what a decade has to offer you, what your life has to offer you. And that should make you shiver. All this though, why should you even bother? Because, and that's a fill in the blank for you. Because what? I will go through this difficulty because. 
I will go through this pain because. I will make this change because. And with a strong enough because reason in that blank, the small steps and the time it takes over the course of three weeks will matter less to you than the 10% of a decade that you may lose out on. You'd be surprised how many little things you can implement in the courses of three weeks, 1% at a time. You'd be surprised what you can do in a year with a strong why and a one degree change, a 1% addition to the opposite momentum, a one inch drag the other way. You may not even recognize yourself. And not to undersell the importance of this. Because if your because isn't strong enough, if it can easily be overpowered by the current momentum, for example, if it can easily be thrown off by the shifts of the wind, by the adversity that is sure to come your way, if your why, if your because cannot sustain the harsh winds, which you get to pick, by the way, you get to pick your why. So make sure it's bigger than the adversity that is sure to come your way. Because if not, then the momentum that you have practiced the longest in your life will be the one that you return to and will be the one that prevails. And of course, you will retain some progress. And the longer you've practiced in that progress, as in have raised your baseline of momentum or the angle of its bend, all of it is compounded and the benefits should stay with you. The continuing of it to keep it going is dependent on your will and desire. Your, I will see it through because, and it must be sustaining. The what you're after and the why you're after. They both must be durable. If you make little plans, they won't stir your blood enough to realize them. The what you're after must be enough for it to change what you already have. Or again, why bother? And that why must stand the test of time. And then all that's left is to move. Just ask yourself, what's your one more step today? What's your 1% advantage to take today? I love you, family. Don't forget to share the show. See you next time.